Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Cesar Delgado was uh, our student at Central Connecticut State University and a participant in the Traveler's Edge program almost 15 years ago <laughs> when he started. So it's, it's wonderful to reconnect with someone who strove so hard as he did to finish his bachelor's degree and to start a career with travelers and now as an underwriter with travelers in an area that he'll explain in our conversation it just really feels great to see someone who you remembered being quite unsure why they're even going on to a bachelor's degree now with so much verve and enthusiasm and so much poise as he's doing the very challenging work of underwriting construction projects uh, in uh, in the Florida and Federico in the Virgin Islands. So yes, uh, this is another one of my former students. And yes, I'm bragging. <laughs> I am bragging uh, on behalf of Central and Travelers because this is a result that we gave so much to achieve with those students. So here he is, the successful Cesar Delgado. Cesar Delgado just told me it's been 14 years <laughs> since, yeah. since he and I, since he and I met at Central Connecticut State University. I was uh, sponsoring and happily sponsoring a wonderful relationship with the travelers companies. Uh, it was focused on empowering dreams. You remember these things for graduation and employment. And uh, Cesar was one of the uh, early cohorts that came through. And, and I certainly tried my best uh, to uh, be of service to these very high potential people, but who had uh, by virtue of the scholarship, real challenges financially and otherwise that they had to, overcome and to even see their way into a career at Travels and or the industry. Says, so let's go back before you and I met and before you started in what Capital called, what we call Edge, but what they called, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> what, yeah. what was going on in your life before you came into this opportunity to become, as you are today, uh, a very uh, successful Travelers leader? Yeah, so thank you for, for those compliments, Dr. Ferran, and thank you for the opportunity and for always sharing your wisdom with me and my edge peers that your wisdom still serves today. So I thank you for that. Um, so yeah, certainly 14 years, 14 good years, um, way before I started at Capital under the Capital Crossroad to Careers program. That's what it is. Um, yes, I was working as a security guard and um, at a hotel really close to both travelers and the Marriott. Um, so that was, that was my, my job before applying for, for the C3 program. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so I was working 10 PM to six in the morning and then going to school and trying to learn English between that. Yes. Had you come directly from Puerto Rico to start there in Hartford? That is correct. Yes, I came from, from Puerto Rico and started at Capital. Um, and I, I applied for, for the ESL, the English as a Second Language Program um, at Capital. And, and, and one of the faculty members 
of the ESL um, program, who's still my friend today, Nancy Cadigan, have shared with me this program that Travelers is launching. And that was C3, that was Capital Crosses to Careers, and then Edge. With, so paid, with paid, inter- paid internships, which was even more amazing. A scholarship, yes, but paid internships where you would be looking across the street from your hotel at this at this wonderful company. And now she's saying, hey, there's a chance you could you could work there and be an intern there. Yes, I will always be grateful to Nancy. I have a lot of good Nancys um, that are good in my life, but this Nancy particularly changed my life completely. Um, she she saw that I was struggling because I was also working um, for her as an assistant through the study program, through the pay study program. So she noticed that I was working 10 to six, going to school and then doing part-time for her. Um, so I was pretty much doing a lot, trying to maintain myself financially and having the paid internship introduced to my life changed my life because then I had to focus only on the internship and, and my academics. So and, and- amazing. You actually got to sleep. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> because I was working 10 p.m. to 6 in the morning. I was trying so to figure out when. I will always be grateful to that. Always. When did you sleep? But was she that, that uh, drive to achieve something that you came from Puerto Rico to do, I'm sure, uh, made a huge difference. You had to overcome a language barrier. You had a cultural, uh, certainly a lot of cultural adaptation into that urban area of Hartford and and then through the whole capital community college uh, systems and all the f- busyness and, and change. And then what, what we do, we come over from central Connecticut, which is only 15 miles down the road, but it could have been on the other side of the earth for a lot of you folks said, right. Come and finish your bachelor's degree. Uh, you remember making that leap over from driving that long 50, well, you didn't, you took the bus, I think to come over there to get the, yes. Yes, it was a yeah. It was about fifteen to twenty minutes drive mm-hmm. to New Britain, um, but it was always um, very high energy situation, you know, because I was coming right off from travelers, working as an intern, going to school, and probably going to my tutor sections that you set up for me yeah, <laughs> um, to, to to pass my statistics courses that always challenged me so much. <laughs> so so I was always very. Um, my adrenaline was very high all the time. So I took those 15 minutes to talk with mom in Puerto Rico and just make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And our two or so years went very fast uh, and other groups of edge uh, cohorts were coming through and, and I've a number of them now I've, I've loved tracking down as I have you and saying, let's talk about then. And now we've talked about then. And uh, I think, uh, you were a real credit to us as a student and you helped a lot of the others as they were coming through. But then uh, I think I told you just before we started the recording that I remember it's somehow being out in front of the Travis buildings with you. Uh, we we're walking along uh, and you were saying, I said, well, what's your plan next? You remember it's graduation, then employment and travelers was there offering you choices. Uh, remember, wh- why did you make the choice to come down to Florida when when Connecticut is so lovely? 
and nice all year round. <laughs> no, I, I just answered my own question. <laughs> it is lovely, cozy, and I met the greatest people in Connecticut that still my friends today. Oh yeah. Um, and my father lives there, so I will always have a connection with Connecticut. Um, and the reason why I decided to move to South Florida was because I'm from, from Puerto Rico, Dr. Fern. So I like the warm weather. That was primarily primarily the, the, the reason, right? Um, because mm-hmm. quite honestly, I didn't know what I was getting into in terms of my job responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I wanted to be in a warm weather and closer to mom, really, closer to Puerto Rico. Um, mm-hmm. So those were the two reasons why why for a lot of them really yeah mm-hmm. but but someone helped you i think you mentioned again before we started recording that there's a person who really helped you get to that make that that part of your employment dream come true yes someone in hr absolutely yes I, something that will always describe me that i, I would speak my mind uh, respectfully and i will voice my opinion and, and i was having a very honest conversation with my former mentor Cheryl Kosak, who is the VP of Human Resources here at Travelers. And I said, you know, I, I like what I do up in here in Hartford, <laughs> but I'm getting tired of the weather. <laughs> so I need to find a, a different opportunity um, down south where I would quite honestly consider looking for other places to work at. And her answer was very honest as well. She was like, you, you're going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me contact you with with the HR generalist of the Orlando office, and I contacted this gentleman who retired, um, Rich Sonone, and he was the one who contacted me with my manager today, and that's mm-hmm. how, how my journey started here in Florida. Yeah, that that could have been a really crucial moment. Couldn't have it. Cheryl could have said. Uh, oh, well, I, I understand. And good luck. And if you want a letter of recommendation, no, she she saw that tra- you travelers needed you and you, uh, hopefully she wanted you to need travelers. So that was a uh, one of those crucial moments, similar to the ESL teacher saying, hey, Sadar, Sadar, you know, you really you've got a work, work ethic and an intention to grow and learn that I think C3 would be very good for you. And along the way, I think several people, hopefully some from Central as well, said um, you have you have uh, the ability to fulfill your prospects. <laughs> <laughs> I will always be grateful to those people, always. So yes. let's, let's talk about how you're fulfilling those prospects. What are the what is the role that you have now? Again, give me that title because I've already forgotten it. Short term <laughs> mem- yeah. memory goes out the these earphones. Uh, and, yeah. and and what a sort of work are you are you doing on a day to day basis? So essentially, my role, Doctor Ferron, I'm an underwriter for Travelers Bond Construction Services. Construction Services is the business unit within Bond and a specialty insurance. Um, so the official title um, is account executive officer, which really um, manages a book of business of general contractors, Mm. where we analyze um, what we call the three C's. So we analyze the capacity of that general contractor, the company, the construction company. Um, We analyze their financial statements and their character, which is an important part of Mm. our Mm. investigation analysis, underwriting. So, Wear many hats, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. 
I kind of understand the first two C's, but how do you, uh, as an underwriter, how do you get uh, a sense of character? Yeah, I, I think it comes through the years. I mean, I would say the first few years, um, most of the things were over my head. Um, quite honestly, I never found finance as an interesting trade. Mm-hmm. I found it boring when I was at CCSU which is why I struggle so much with my statistics and my finance courses. But now, <laughs> 14 years later, I love it. Um, and I think finding that character definition comes with listening to the customers, observing, and making sure you have a good retention. You have a good mind that you can remember what people tell you at some point. Um, mm. And it will come through the years, I think, Another aspect to that is your gut feeling. I think you'll develop that um, as you go through this business. But it's interesting. It's a very interesting um, aspect to analyze because some people may have um, may have tell you something that is not in, that is not correct. So you sort of have to find your way and assess that character, whether it's through technology or just by being in the face of the customer. Mm. Do you go out on uh, on press when there is a potential uh, insurer uh, company? Do you do out in the field and and walk and talk, or are they that close, or, or is a lot of this done remotely because of particularly because of the pandemic? Yes, uh, prior to the pandemic, you are right. We go to the field, we go to their facilities. Um, there are some cases that we might visit their construction projects. Um, which is the most interesting part because you get to learn a little bit of, about engineer. <laughs> um, so that's always very interesting. But yes, you go to their offices, you have lunch with them, and and you sort of you know you sort of become part of their family really because we are an important aspect of their business. But that was prior to the pandemic. Post pandemic, for the past two years and a half, a lot of, a lot of Zoom meetings like the one we're doing right now. So a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of calls, um, and I'm resuming, I will say that I'm doing my first trip um, post-pandemic. I will say, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but you get my point, yeah, in a couple of weeks. So uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a lot more immunity, thank God, in the, in the country right now. So I think you will be safer, yeah. safer to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I had to learn quite a lot about the overall business of travelers and particularly property and casualty. I understand underwriting is a hugely important aspect of their business. Some might argue that it's the, uh, it's the core of their ability to provide a quality product to, to, to make sure their claims are, are paid and so forth because of the way they underwrite. But I've also understood that underwriting is a team effort. Uh, talk a little bit about your team. Uh, even though you've been remote mainly, uh, have you been able to have that kind of team effort so that you can have people look over your work and say, well, maybe, and you can look over their work. Some of that, that, that nice natural helping that I, I really valued when I used to send students over to travel. You will not learn alone. You will not be working alone. Is that, is that true of your situation now? Absolutely. Yes. And, and on the right end, it is, it is certainly the, the core of our business. Um, but yes, we are teamwork 100% um, all the time in underwriting. Um, it takes a village 
you know, sometimes you have to make quick decisions within your authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most of the cases, the collaboration happens pretty much all the time. Um, before the pandemic, we'll meet with our partners internally and make decisions on underwriting matters. And during the pandemic, a lot, a lot of Zoom meetings as well. Mm. So there is never a situation where you have to find yourself being um, alone by making a decision. You know, mm. always collaboration is encouraged and um, it's actually part of our best practices. Oh, I, 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 I'm glad you added that point because I, I think that that, that uh, uh, is almost an assurity if you're in the assurance business, but to, to, uh, to be able to say that it's, it's highest, very high on our list to be collaborative. These days with the challenges of, of remote work, uh, I've had other conversations with other folks where that has been stretched too thin and they have felt somewhat alone in in and yet the decisions they're making are have are quite consequential. So in your case, you still have held that together, which is great. In fact, I think um, I'm a big proponent of virtual scenarios and, and virtual meetings. Um, it, it doesn't apply in all cases, but most of the cases is it, it, it does apply. And I think I collaborated way often. Than, before, than ever before during the pandemic. Um, because it, I think people are, um, you can get to them quicker, I believe. Um, you know, right. you just send them an IM and say, and you know, an instant message internally and say, hey, do you have a minute to talk? Um, I want to hear your thoughts about this. Um, so I think the virtual situation helped me a lot to collaborate with others and, and, and build relationships with people that I may not have that relationship that I have today, thanks to the pandemic. <laughs> so there's a, there's a silver lining within the pandemic in my case. <laughs> well, there is, and that, that's, an, that's a crucial one. I, I would add into my experience and seeing I'm sitting up here in Northwest Connecticut, as you recall, it's out here in the, in the country. And yes. the fact that over the last two and a half years, I've able, I'm able <laughs> to do what we're doing right now and meeting new people, going back and meeting people I've known and respected like you and being able to collaborate with Peter Vale, which I mentioned creating a podcast and now collaborating with my editor to finish the book that Peter started. Now it's David Fearon and Peter Vale. All of that because of this one thing mm-hmm. called Zoom or its equivalent and and that's that's very encouraging. The the other part is that as you are moving toward uh, the next phase of how you're going to be doing business, you can blend the two, can't you? You can have very quick access to folks up here in Hartford or out in St. Paul if that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You can also, with your uh, potential or actual insureds, you can quickly connect with them, or even on a scheduled basis. Whereas it used to be getting into a car, driving, parking, <laughs> you know, uh, and and that time we now realize is so precious. Yes. So we have more time for the rest of our lives that we love. Like, as I heard before we started recording, there's a seven-year-old chihuahua in your life who <laughs> like who loves it when you come home. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You got it. You have a good point. I think work, work-life balance is very important. 
um, for me. And I think you you made a great point about you know having quick access to others and customers and and in our case make made a huge difference. And I'll tell you why because the customers that we manage are overseas, so we cannot simply get into a car and drive. We have to go into an airplane and coordinate. So just testing or calling a customer and say, hey, do you have a minute to talk about your request, your your bond request? And there will always be be welcome the surety business. So it I I it made a huge difference for our business for the past two years. So you ensure yeah. in, in put you have some of your insurance in Puerto Rico, some of your contract con- construction there and then in the in the Virgin Islands. Now to Puerto Rico for a moment. Uh, it's been what close to th- three years since the hurricane. Yes, that is. It's been yes, twenty seventeen, right? So it's been a few years now since more than a few years. Hurricane yeah. Maria, yeah. And and so that the construction uh, requirements in that con- in that part of our country uh, must have been enormous. Um, yes, uh, all kinds of rebuilding and and so forth. Uh, how is it? How are they doing right now? Uh, yeah, the, I think the people of Puerto Rico have recovered. You know, they're very resilient. Um, they had two hurricanes, both Irma and then Maria. Yeah, that's was right. Devastating for, you know, it, it hit me both at a professional and personal level mm-hmm. because my family lives there. Um, but yes, it people are doing much better, um, you know, and um, there is a lot of hurricane re- um, recovery efforts that need to be done. Um, that's going to take years. Um, they, some of them are happening, um, but they still, they still have a lot of work to do, mm. you know, um, and, and the dynamics of the marketplace, particularly in Puerto Rico, always keep us busy and, and, and learning a lot because everything changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, since 2017, Puerto Rico have, have been struggling, but mm-hmm. they, they'll come in back, you know, slowly, but surely. Yeah, well, I'd love to hear that, and I hope your mom is your mom is faring well. Yes, yeah, she's doing fine. I after Maria, I have made decision to send her with my sister, um, not too far from you, by the way. She's in um, right now. She's in Pennsylvania. Okay, with okay. my sister. Um, although it's against her will, because she'd rather be in Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> but I, I rather have her. You know, um, with my sister for now, um, because quite frankly, you know, things could be difficult for her down there. Oh, and, yes. You know, oh, yes. Given her her health profile, I think it will be best. No, she might go back to Puerto Rico. I, I would say <laughs> she misses she misses her home and her garden and, and her dog. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, you're well, you're wonderful. Uh, and your sister is wonderful to help. Well, say that we, we've talked a lot and I probably talked a little more than I wanted to about me, but I'd like to know if there's one more thing you'd like to put into this uh, conversation and this record of your success and your practice, what might it be? Yes, um, Dr. Perrin, I think, you know, um, Travelers obviously is a great company and a leader in the insurance industry. Um, But one thing that I would say about my job is that we as underwriter, in bond and in construction services, we offer a promise to the customer. We offer a promise to that owner who wants to build, whether it's a hospital 
or a gas station or school to make sure that my client, which is a general contractor, will complete that project in accordance to the contract documents and the contract terms and conditions. So mm. the fact that we get involved in a project that comes out of nothing from scratch, and then you see a hospital being built mm. to help others, or you see a school being built to educate children. For me, that's the most rewarding situation. And that's why I feel like my job is always fun because every contractor is different and, mm -hmm. and every project is different. And, and by talking to the contractors and just being a listener about how they're going to approach the project, man, you learn so much. And that's what I feel like has kept me here <laughs> for the last 14 years. And, and, and most importantly, the meaning behind it. And I think if you have a purpose in life and that purpose is to give you happiness, you got to be happy. You only have one life. Yeah, we've that's, learned that. That's for sure. That, that's that's what <laughs> that's what makes a difference for me, at least in in this job. Which at the beginning I thought it was going to be not for me, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But today I can share that it, I love what I do, and 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 I love to see a project going from A to Z, and then you get to see it completed. So why not? Yeah. It, it, and and it is so satisfying that one day as you're. Uh, happen to be in the vicinity and you say, well, I think I'd like to go over and take a look at that hospital or watch uh, run by the school and see it doing what it's supposed to do. You know that because you and that contractor, your company through you have made a previous commitment to do it right, do it as promised, make sure that it's always going to have the your, you and your company's mark on it, even if it's never on the name of the building. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's a long, long extension of your service, if you will, in in this business uh, to be able to say you have a permanent record <laughs> of of your clients. Yeah, fantastic. It's a small piece. It's a small piece of the whole project, but it you know it means something. It means something to me. It means something to the client. It means something with the fact that we took the time to listen to them mm -hmm. and, and approve the bond so they can do the project. And most importantly, the human touch. There is a lot of human touch going on and, and that makes a difference. And, and people want to do business with people they like. <laughs> and yes. and that, makes, that makes a difference too, you know? Um, and, and that's why we enjoy what we do. Makes a great difference. Did you have any uh, questions of me before we uh, wrap? Um, I would say, you know, obviously you, you have been in, in this business, um, being a management and organizational professor, um, for, for decades and a great mm -hmm. professor. Um, what advice would you, would you give to, to somebody like me that is in my mid career um, path and obviously way more to learn. Um, but I, I love to hear your, your advice on that. And anybody that's hearing this podcast. <laughs> well, we believe we believe that management is an open question that'll keep you learning and guessing and discovering for the rest of your life. So whether you do what you're doing is managing, by the way, even if you don't carry, you do carry a title like that. But managing overall is is being thoughtful about what an organization is meaning to your coworkers 
and doing your best to keep it on an even keel, uh, just like you're expecting your contractors to do for their projects. So you're going to learn management for the rest of your career anyway. But <laughs> uh, my, my world, the academic world, does have uh, master's degrees in business and or now more specialized master's degrees. Uh, and the trend has happened, particularly because of pandemic, that you can get an awful lot of the coursework, if not all of it, done online uh, and from very fine schools. Mm -hmm. uh, and you might be able to blend that into your lifestyle. And remember, back at the beginning of this conversation, you were working 26 hours a day. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you, you, you can put the work in. And, and I know you have the curiosity to want to take the courses, but it's not for everyone. And it is expensive unless your company and I believe Travelers does can help out with that cost. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a big burden uh, to add to your expenses. Mm -hmm. But well, I think well, you I think I think you'd be a great student in a master's program. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. It just um my I'm very invested in my role and it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I'm I'm still in the office at seven or eight, <laughs> and I'll probably be here for another hour or so until I finish my analysis. <laughs> well, I'm going to be kind to you then, uh, Cesar, as you've been kind to me, and I'm going to let you finish that analysis so you can get some sleep. But again, thank you so much. This this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic. Apple Podcasts or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.